Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Backyield Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on today's episode, we're diving into a big piece of news coming out of Major League Soccer. That's the Colorado Rapids choosing to fire head coach Robin Frazier with barely any time left in the regular season. We're going to talk about what's gone wrong for Colorado and maybe some things about what comes next and the general outlook for the club, as well as we're going to chat a bit about the Aronson brothers after a piece from Sanjay Sujanta Kumar that was published on Backheeled earlier today. All that in just 10 minutes or less, because here on the Backheeled show, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So let's get to it and talk soccer. Folks, let's dive right into the Colorado Rapids' decision to fire Robin Frazier. To be honest, it is an understandable one from the Rapids who are currently last in the Supporters' Shield race. They're at the bottom of the Western Conference. They look like, even with Toronto doing everything they can to trip over themselves in the East, they look like the favorite to collect the wooden spoon this year, which is obviously not where you want to be as a club. Now, Like we talked about on a recent episode with Portland's decision to fire Giro Savarese, there are understandable reasons here. Namely, the Rapids are not good. But just like we talked about in that episode about Giro Savarese, so often clubs firing managers is like putting lipstick on a pig, right? It's them making something happen in the public space so that fans can perceive, that the public can perceive that something has changed when still the root cause and the bones haven't changed. That is the general theme for me on this decision from the Colorado Rapids. You look at this team, and I'm not sure how you can say that Robin Frazier was the problem. Now, Robin Frazier is the easiest thing to remove rather than overhauling the roster or having a change of heart at the ownership level, but I do not think you can say he is the root cause. Now, I I do want to say Robin Frazier shouldn't get off scot-free in all of this discussion. Yes, the Rapids have dealt with a lot of injuries this year, losing Jack Price about a month into the season, really, really hurt this team, but there is quality here, right? There are talented MLS-level players in this team that can have the ability to change games and impact them for the better for the sake of the Colorado Rapids. I think about someone like Connor Ronan, who's looked good for them coming in from Europe. I think about Cole Bassett, who's been to Europe as well. I think about someone like Diego Rubio, who's been a really good player at times throughout his career, but just hasn't been able to stay healthy. There is some quality in this team that if you're a really, really good MLS coach, You'd expect to squeeze a little bit of juice out of this group of players, but on the whole, no one is looking at this Colorado Rapids team, a team that spent the 10th least on MLS this year and doesn't have true dynamic designated players. Nobody's looking at this team and mistaking them for a top contender in the Western Conference. That ultimately, I'm not breaking any new ground here, but that is the problem for this Rapids team. Yes, there's a little bit of quality. Yes, they've underperformed a lot of different expected metrics this year. They've been one of the more unlucky teams in MLS based off of just whether or not the ball is going in off the back of the net from Darren Yappy's foot or from Jonathan Lewis's foot or whoever it is, right? The ball just has not found the back of the net. But still, this team lacks the quality to stack the deck in their favor. Now, I want to turn to a quote from a piece from Holding the High Line from Mark Goodman, who does a fantastic job covering the Colorado Rapids. That whole crew over at Holding the High Line does a wonderful job. This is a quote from a piece that came out from Mark earlier as I'm recording on Tuesday, September 5th saying the failures of this team seem to be on the shoulders of Josh Kroenke and KSE. That's the ownership for the Colorado Rapids. Quote, the mega rich billionaire and his Walmart air dad who own five other pro sports franchises 
can't be bothered to sign a few real designated players or spend at the level of the new and shiny MLS 3.0 teams. And so year after year, they have doomed this club to hoping to cobble together a wonder team out of a mix of mid-level talents and homegrown kids who somehow overperform and overachieve expectation year after year. I think that is a phenomenal summation of what's gone on with the Colorado Rapids. They've had good seasons, right? Mark goes on to say the Rapids defied expectations in math when they topped the Western Conference in impressive fashion back in 2021. That was an awesome season. But as Mark points out, you always regress back to the mean. And 2021, he says, was proved to be a blip, not a trend. Now, I would argue, given how parody-filled MLS is, this is not the leveled-out mean for the Colorado Rapids. Them finishing last in the Western Conference and with a wooden spoon is probably not where they'll be year after year after year, even if nothing changes, right? We've seen this team can push above their weight a little bit, and they can drop as well. The reality is the mean is probably somewhere around the playoff line in Major League Soccer, which is really low, right? That expectation is not high enough for a team that is owned by the Cronkies, who have a lot of money to spend but seem so, so hesitant to actually do so. Truthfully, the spending for this team, as Mark points out, has not been high enough to say, okay, we are confident that this is the year we make the playoffs. The spending is at an adequate level to say, hey, we might make the playoffs this year, or yeah, we're hoping to make the playoffs this year. But when MLS let 62% of the league into the playoffs, every team is thinking that. The Rapids have not given themselves any sort of competitive advantage. They've had some success with the Academy, which is something that they've come out and talked about recently after this fire, but they don't find enough quality. They don't don't have the top-end talent to go out there and be a real threat that you can actually count on. They're the fifth lowest spending team based off of publicly available salary data coming from the MLSPA over the last three years combined among teams that have actually been in the league, which is to say the recent expansion teams in that time frame don't count here looking at you, St. Louis, really more than anybody else. This is a problem for the Rapids. Spending does not equal success in Major League Soccer. Teams like Philadelphia and others have had success without breaking the bank, But for the Rapids, if you're not going to spend, you at least have to identify players that can come and band together to be more than the sum of their parts. And the Rapids have not done that. They've not found a ton of quality in lower European divisions like the Philadelphia Union or from within Major League Soccer in someone like Julian Carranza who can come in and win them games. The Rapids have not done that. Either the spending needs to improve to give you more chances to throw a dart at the board and hit on something or... The identification of players needs to improve, and that's when you look towards the front office. That's when you look higher up at the front office, someone like President Porig Smith, who's been over this project for quite some time. It's not an easy set of cards that everyone in the Rapids organization has been dealt. But the best of the best in Major League Soccer found a way to squeeze a lot out of a little. The Rapids, unfortunately, don't have a lot, and they're not making a lot out of a little Problems run deep right now for the Colorado Rapids. Robin Frazier cannot be the last change to come for this organization if they care about competing in Major League Soccer. To close us out here, a couple of notes on Brendan and Paxton Aronson. We had Sanjay Sujanta Kumar, who's done a lot of good features for us over in Germany, to talk to a couple of high-profile folks in the US MNT sphere. That's Brendan Aronson during his time now with Union Berlin in the Bundesliga and his brother, Paxton Aronson, with Eintracht Frankfurt, recently started, got an assist for Eintracht Frankfurt. They're brothers, they're competitors. At some point before 2026, as Paxton continues to emerge, they could end up being teammates on the U.S. men's national team. Lots of good pieces and parts in this article. It's a really well-written feature. 
from Sanjay. Some things that I like the most, uh, you get a look at their rivalry as siblings and the differences in personalities between these two players. It paints a really nice picture of the relationship and the care that there is between these two really still young players at this point in their careers. Uh, the thing I liked the most was maybe Paxton saying that at times he feels bad for Brendan Aronson's girlfriend because he's, quote, just like a little kid constantly in your face talking 24-7. Uh, later added that he's a big, goofy nerd. And you got some look at some games that Paxton's better at, some things that Brendan's better at, and then just how they're continuing to get used to life now in Germany. So many nuggets in this piece. Go check it out on backheel.com and check out the rest of our American soccer coverage over on the site. Subscribe to read everything that we've got cooking over there. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this episode of the Backheel Show. If you enjoyed, scroll up or down here in the Backheel Show feed. For now, we'll talk to you again real soon. Oh, 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 oh,